Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. We're glad that you've joined us tonight for another awesome episode of the show. We're glad that you're here. Jeff, DW, Kyle are with you in studio, and we'd love to hear from you tonight. So make sure to get in on the conversation we got an email, hope at hopenet360.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. And, of course, our csl.hopenet360.com. That's our Tumblr community. And you can go and ask us an anonymous question and be part of the conversation tonight. We've been talking about if those who reach could touch all this month in February. And, you know, of course, we've had Valentine's Day and we've had all these different things happen this month. Super Bowl Sunday was not that long ago, it seems. And, um, you know, we've had, we have all these things that just, you know, it's fun to be around, fun to do stuff with friends with and maybe your significant other. And, you know, there's things in life that we reach for all the time that we're looking for satisfaction, we're looking for security and significance in. And so this month we've been talking about different stories along those ways. And so we heard from Tara, who was talking about human trafficking, and Kristen was back last week. And so just talking about different ways that we reach. And so we got to realize if we're reaching in the right direction or not. We've got to realize if we are reaching the right direction that not only are we not alone, but uh, sometimes the things that happen in our lives, they seem to be pulling us back in the wrong direction or just keeping us from reaching that next thing that we're after, whether it's some kind of a job position, it's you know a new, maybe a pay raise or something, being in the right group of friends, uh, lots of different things that we reach for in life. So get in on the conversation. Let us know the things that you've reached for in life and share a story that you have with us tonight on the show. So Dave, Kyle, Guys, I'm excited. Another great week with you guys. Yeah, it's exciting to be with you. And, and the idea of reaching out is so critically important for people to understand. You and I realize that we reach out for someone that we can love, and we reach out for God. And when we do that, it makes life extremely worth living. When we quit reaching out, we actually have a struggle because God made us to reach out toward one another, and he made us to reach out toward God. And and really, if you're listening and you're really struggling in life, that little bit of advice right there will help you tremendously. You, you really need to make an effort to reach out to God and reach out to others, and you'll see. Mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the difference between not even reaching in the right direction, and last week we talked about reaching in the right direction, but it always seems like there's just something that stands in the way that's holding us back, that pulls us back further and further away from what we're reaching for. And what it comes down to, Dave, we talk a lot about this this idea of security and significance. And so whatever things we pursue in our life, for whatever it is, there's there's always some kind of a satisfaction. And is this giving me a, a sense of security and significance in this world? And uh, Dave, there's a really incredible story in the Bible in the Old Testament. And, and so some of you are like, oh, man, we got to go in the Old Testament and read through that stuff. But no, there's three guys. And I want to know if you recognize these names at all, because I think they're uh, they're probably pretty well known. Maybe I'll just, I'll just ask you if you know these guys. The the three guys, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Do those names ring a bell to you? 
Could you spell them for me, please? Yeah, Hananiah is H A N. Just kidding. Use yeah, it in it, a sentence, please. Yeah, <laughs> you know those are not their uh, common names. I think as we grew up with, um, what, what's in a name anyway? I mean, you're you're obviously talking about these three characters in the Book of Daniel, who are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If I remember right, why are you calling them those names? Well, those are their actual names. Then why do we call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah, Jeff. Uh, maybe I got them wrong. Actually, in Daniel one. Uh, incredible story. Some of you have probably heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe you do recognize their Hebrew names, but they were actually called different names from who they were in Daniel 1. It just talks about these guys. Um, the king in Babylon at that time, the Israelites were underneath an oppressive rule, basically, of the Babylonians. And what happens when Israel went into captivity was that they became a part of their culture in like more of a servant role. So they may have had some kind of a structure in their culture, but when they were under captivity, it was like they worked for whatever country or whatever nation basically owned them. And so they went out and searched for the smartest, the best-looking young men out in the Israelite community and basically pulled in a few guys. And among them was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in Daniel 1, it talks about them being renamed by the chief of eunuchs. He was a powerful guy in the Babylonian community, and he gave them these prestigious names from a Babylonian sense. Uh, the Babylonian people worshipped false gods. They had gods set up for different things. And uh, one of them, Azariah, became Abednego, and that name was the servant of Nego, or Nebo was a god that was in the Babylonian culture. And all of them actually have to do, their new names reflected a, a position among their gods that they served. So it was kind of like the Babylonians said, you know what, we're going to change your name. It's not going to be a derogatory thing. It's supposed to be something that's supposed to give you good stature in our culture to say, you know, you are a servant of one of our gods. Uh, you are in position to care for the things of our gods. And so it was It was one of those things that they were like, hey, we're just going to give you a new, a new nickname because you guys are really smart. You're bright. And uh, we want you to be a part of our culture. It stinks to be them, I think. So when we call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're really calling them by their, by their pagan given names. Yeah. And in the Bible, and of course, that's what the, the people back then would have called them, I guess, in their new environment. So maybe that's why it's written that way. Um, did they, they probably didn't go easily though on that one, I, I would imagine. I mean, if I, if I started to call you Sam, would you answer me like right away? Mm, not really. No, because your name's not Sam. I wonder how long it took to get used to the new name. <laughs> that's yeah. what I was and, thinking kind too. Of thing. And yeah, that, that's gotta be a bummer. Yeah. But in, 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 do names, I mean, today I'm, you know, I make nicknames up for people, that kind of thing. Are names back then, were they more important than they are now? I mean, do people really hang something on a name? All the names, and I, I know there's so many names in the Old Testament that you look at and you're like, how did their mom come up with that? Or how did their dad come up with that name? Seriously, like you couldn't figure out like a Bob or a Bill or something that just makes it easier. Uh, but no, back in their day, their names had significance. And uh, it's interesting you asked that because I do have some notes just on those names specifically in front of me. Uh, Hananiah actually meant Yahweh is gracious or God has favored. And uh, when he changed, when his name was changed to Shadrach, it was it, it meant the command of Aku, which was a Sumerian or an Elamite moon god. So all these names, Mishael means who is what God is or who is like God. Azariah is Yahweh has helped. 
And uh, so very significant names when they changed their names. Essentially, Mishael became Meshach, which was you know kind of like his original name. Instead of who is what God is, it was who is what Aku is. Wow. Abednego became servant of Nebo, like I said, a god of learning and letters. And, of course, the criteria to find these guys initially was to find guys who understood uh, language. They understood literature. They also could teach. They understand learning. So they understand how to teach young people. These were, again, very smart guys, and so their their change of name wasn't supposed to be like an insult. It was supposed to be like a, a place of prestige for them. And, uh, yeah, well, so, those Babylonians, yeah. yeah. Those, that, yep. those Babylonians were in for a surprise because they were trying to manipulate to keep God out of their system. And the, these boys, no matter what name you called them, they knew who they were from. Yeah, actually, I mean, when you think about it, what the Babylonians were doing was very, very smart. Taking the best minds from Israel, taking the best, I mean, bodies from Israel and saying, here, I'm going to give you new names. I'm going to teach you new things. And you have to do life the way we do. And they really did. They tried to take God all the way out of it. And they were in for a huge surprise. Trying to brainwash him. Brainwash him. That's going to be most of what's setting up us for the conversation. So we're in Daniel 1, and we'll also touch a little bit on Daniel 2, and of course we'll get into Daniel 3 and the fiery furnace more on the show tonight. So make sure to get connected on our conversation. Have you ever been called a name that wasn't your name, but maybe a friend gave you this name like, hey, bro, or boss, or hoss? I don't know. Us guys, we tend to do that a lot. We give new nicknames, and, and uh, it just yeah, kind of— Yeah, <laughs> my nickname was Whalehead growing up. Oh, Dave, you didn't it need to go nice. there. It wasn't nice. Yeah, it's not nice. Was that a good thing, or was it not a good thing? Uh, I can explain. Yeah, it was kind of. I, I, it actually started out. Somebody said it real derogatorily, and then it stuck. And uh, and then in college, I, I, I was called Orca the Killer Whale when I played football. So I kind of liked it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let us know what <laughs> what was your new name on the show. Email us at hope at hopenet three sixty dot com or connect at csl dot hopenet three sixty dot com. Message us there, and we would love to hear from you tonight. So there'll be more here when we continue the show here on Hopenet Radio tonight. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We are glad you've joined us on the show tonight. We're continuing our conversation of if those who reach could touch. And we're talking about ways that we reach in different directions, whether it's for a status with friends, it's you know having a nice car and reaching for all these different things, a new job, maybe a better paying job or just a raise or something, you know, something in life that is going to bring us security and significance. And so we've been talking about this the last month and we've had some great guests on and you can always catch those shows on our podcast. You can go on iTunes and search for HopeNet Radio or just go to our website, HopeNet360.com. You can listen to all of our past shows there. And I really would encourage you to go and listen to the past shows because there's a lot of really great guests that we've had on. We've had Kristen Jane Anderson on last week and the week before that. Talked about human trafficking with Tara. And uh, so lots of great things coming up. Next month we're going to be celebrating our sixth year 
here at HopeNet 360. So we're excited. Lots of good things coming up, and we would love for you to get on the conversation tonight with us as we talk about Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you can email us anytime on the show or the podcast at hope at hopenet360.com. Get with us on Facebook at HopeNet360 or Twitter. Same thing. And on our Tumblr page, if you're there, you can go to csl.hopenet360.com, and you can email us anonymously on there and share your story. We'd love to hear a story of how you persevered under pressure. If you had a situation like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we would love to hear it and what you did and, and how you got through the fire. So, Dave, I just I think it's so interesting. We talked about their names. They had significant names. You know, we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they're, they're Babylonian names. We know them. We recognize them by those names. You know, they had different names before they became a part of the Babylonian leadership. And uh, how significant that was that their culture, the first thing they did was basically they said, you know what, we're going to put you through training. We're going to tell you who we want you to be. And this is what you're going to go by. And um, Dave, have you ever had like uh, an odd nickname? Oh, yeah. A- actually, I, uh, my nickname was Whalehead. <laughs> and... Um, I got that when I was a kid. I had something wrong with my ears or something, and and I had to swim. I had to wear a bathing cap when I swam, and I was in a lake. And I got out, and some kids said, "Hey, whalehead!" You know, I mean, made made fun of me, and it stuck. And what's interesting is that when I was in college, um, people called me whaley, whalehead, orca. I mean, that kind of stuff. And at first, I was upset by it. And I can remember talking to my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad said, "Hey, they're gonna forget John and Rick and." And Bill, but they'll never forget Whalehead. <laughs> and I thought, hey, good perspective, you know. So I, I went on, and it doesn't really matter anymore. I just know if somebody calls me Whaley or Whalehead, they're from my past, mm-hmm. and they really aren't saying it in a mean sense because they didn't know how I got the name in the first place. Uh, there's only one guy that know how I got it. He was a, he was kind of a bullyish kind of guy. So he's gone somewhere. I don't know, and I don't know who it was. But that's how it goes. The bottom line: these guys intrigue me, though. I'm not going to say all their names because I, I'll mess them up. I mean, you're pretty good, Jeff, at that, but. It's going to be Daniel and the boys for me. And, and uh, <laughs> one of the things that, that really happened to me while I read about Daniel and the boys was I, I asked this question. I was in high school, and I asked this question. What did these guys know, man? Because they took such a bold stand. They did things so right, so different. What did they know? How could they do that? I wanted to know that. I, I wanted to know what they knew. And I tell you, that's been a lifelong journey. It has not stopped yet. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to know what they knew. Because, man, to do what they did on the, on the world stage was absolutely incredible. And they were on the world stage. Yeah. Now, without flinching. Yeah. They didn't even flinch. No. I, I mean, I, I would flinch. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. I got all these compromises already in my head that I would have done. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking, I'm a wimp. What? I need to know something that they knew. Yeah. Because that's what causes your action. You have to have been immersed in some things that are true and right. And, and uh, I mean, I just look at this story right from the beginning. It, these guys were positioned somehow. The, the Bible says in the fourth verse of Daniel that they were without blemish, good appearance, skillful in wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, competent to stand in the king's palace. Wow. You know, what does that mean when they were in grade school? Mm. You know, they, they actually paid attention probably. They, they, they actually tried to learn something. They they actually were doing the best they could, I think, with what they were given at times. The funny thing is, all the way through the Bible, that's a complete message. Some people think, I, I need to be more skilled. And God made you the way you are. You need to just love God and be who he made you <laughs> and do it well. And, and what's really cool is these guys must have done it. They, they worked hard, so they got knowledge. They understand. They, they were competent to stand. In other words, they, they were reliable, mm-hmm. no doubt. 
a king wouldn't have somebody there who wasn't reliable. My nickname for that in modern day is that someone that you'd go to war with. I mean, you know, they'd cover your back. You don't mind fighting with them. They were people who did what they were asked to do, and they did it from a young age. They learned about who God was, obviously. And I think that's like the first point I see in this book is that these guys at a young age were positioning themselves so that when they got older, they would be in a position where they could be used. And I think there are many young people today that because they're not working at their knowledge, they're not working at at becoming the best they can be right now, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to be positioned for what God wants them to do later. And I would encourage them to look at that. Does that make sense, Jeff, or is that out in left field? Yeah, it does. And for those who don't quite know exactly what happened to uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or better known, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in Daniel 3, for it talks boys. about... Yeah, the boys. It talks about these three guys who stood up to the King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Babylon wasn't just a, a small game nation. I mean, these guys were these guys were brutal. These guys were a big deal. And they were, of course, the ones that were holding Israel in captivity for Israel's disobedience to God. And that's oftentimes how God steered his people back to him, was through a difficult situation, an uncomfortable situation, uh, one where they had no control over their future, but that another country, another nation, basically assimilated them in their culture and said, hey, either you guys are slaves for us, or we kill you, essentially. And so they were forced to live a way that they weren't used to living. And, uh, of course, they could still serve God in a lot of times, but they were under a, a bigger oppression. They weren't able to control their outcome, essentially, until God released them from that. So they were in this culture, this this Babylonian culture, and Nebuchadnezzar set up this big statue, this gold statue, and said, okay, once you hear the music playing, everybody bow down and worship me. And uh, or worship this statue and essentially set up this idol. And these three guys in particular said, you know, we're we're very high ranking officials. We appreciate your your reach out for us. But they stood in there and they said, you know what, uh, we're not going to do it. And so they got ratted out eventually. And one of the guys said, hey, your three guys who are in charge, they're not listening. They're not bowing down and worshiping this statue that you set up. And I know what you said. I know that if they don't do it, they're supposed to go into the fire. And so Nebuchadnezzar approached them and said, hey, guys, I heard you did this. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give you another opportunity. When you hear the music, bow down and worship the statue. And everything will be settled. And uh, Chadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just say, you know what? We don't need to defend ourselves before you. And if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you. And, and they said this. They said, but even if God doesn't save us, we want to make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Whoa. And so this is incredible. And like Dave said, there's something that these guys knew going into this that they they could be confident about this situation, that they didn't have to look at the fire and, and wonder what they're going to do next. Like they already had their mind made up. And I just I thought it was incredible. You know, I probably would have figured out a real clever compromise here. Yeah. It, like, I would have sneezed right when you're supposed to bow yep. and bend over while I sneezed. And I would have told people, I didn't bend. I didn't bow. Mm-hmm. I sneezed. Or, or I, would have, I, I would have left my sandals unbuckled. Yeah. You know? Yeah, where I dropped, I dropped my wallet on the floor. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where I say, you know what? I'm, I will not bow, but I will not be distinct either. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I thought, oh, God, that's me. I, I, when I was in high school, I said, I'm not doing that mm-hmm. anymore because that's what I try and do. I, I try to play with one foot in each world. It's like I'm not going to bow, no way, but I'm also not going to be distinct. Yep. Uh-huh. Sorry, that doesn't work. And, and, and these guys would not do that, and that's what we got to keep looking at in the, in the next segments. Why didn't they do that? 
it's really incredible, Dave. I love I love that perspective because that is so it's so easy to do that. Just say, you know, I just dropped my wallet, no big deal. I didn't actually bow, but you know, really it was like, hey, yeah, I just yeah, God it. knows my heart, man. Yeah, God knows, God my, knows heart. my heart. He's gonna <laughs> yeah, he's gonna forgive. Exactly. You know, and yeah. that's that's really they didn't even they didn't even bother with that. They just say, you know what, we don't even have to explain to you, O King. And uh, yeah. and man, oh, that's I, wild, man! It is wild because they're faced with this fire, and then from that moment, that's when the king said, "You know what? Heat that thing up seven times stronger." Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue this this story once we come back on the show. Remember, you you can email us anytime on the show at hope at hopenet three sixty dot com. We're going to take a break and play some more music. Keep it locked in here on Hopenet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. Hope Net Radio on Q90FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to Hope Net Radio, the show where conversations save lives. Jeff, DW, Kyle in studio with you this week. And your comments and your questions are always welcome on the show. You can email us anytime on the show or during the podcast, whatever you're listening to. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Check out our Tumblr page at csl.hopenet360.com. You can submit question or story if you just want to share your story. Either way, if you're on that, you can connect with us. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, of course, and our website, hopenet360.com, where all of our past shows and episodes are right on our website. So go and check that out after the show. Get involved on our conversation. We'd love to hear from you and your story. And tonight we've been in Daniel chapter 1 through 3. And I know it's old school. I know it's Old Testament. I know it's kind of like, oh, I've heard this story before. If you heard of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, as they're more well-known, you've probably heard it if you went through any kind of you know Sunday school kind of a thing. You've heard that story of them deciding they weren't going to bow down to this big gold statue. And so now they're faced with this fiery furnace that has not only been uh, set a fire, I mean, there's whenever you're faced with a fire and, and being threatened to be thrown into the fire, um, when they say, you know, you're, you're probably, you know, you're probably going to go in the fire if you don't do this, um, and then they heated up seven times that. Uh, that's pretty intimidating. So these three guys were essentially saying, you know, what, we're not going to, we're not going to surrender, we're not going to back down, and uh, we're not going to compromise who we are uh, just because you made this stupid rule to bow down to this silly, silly idol, as big as it is. I mean, it's just. This is stupid. This is really a bad idea. And uh, we think your idea is dumb, King. And how yeah. many of us – I don't even know, Dave, if, if that would have been me that would have actually been willing. We talked about how sometimes we'll find a way to make it appear – as though we were going to, you know, kind of like, you know, I'll just get to tie my shoe or, you know, I drop my gum, <laughs> you know, something. Yeah. We can always find a way to kind of sneak around it and say, well, I really didn't do it. I just dropped my gum, right? You know, I did this and uh, and made it appear as though I'm fitting in. I'm trying to fit in. Yeah. And how many young people you think, Dave, today are really struggling with that fitting in kind of a thing? Uh, you know, I, I think it's epidemic. I mean, Kyle, you're, you're younger than I am. Are, are people out there trying to keep a foot in both worlds and, and try and make it appear that they belong to both? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and it doesn't work. I'm telling you, no. you, put, you put your foot in both worlds, you, you really messed up in both, not, not in one of them, and it doesn't work. And what's really interesting here is, do we know how hot that fire really was? I mean, do you know how hot it really was? Hot. Man, yeah, hot would be a good hot. word. Yeah. Here's the deal. Back then, the king had, like, these massive guards. I mean, these guys were strong beasts mm-hmm. they threw them in the fire they died just from the heat yeah. that came out of the furnace they yeah. died 
can you imagine you just got close to the heat and yeah. you died? Can't imagine that. Yeah, I mean that was hot. This was not a slouchy kind of thing. This this wasn't a decision where these guys were going, hey, you know, the furnace isn't that bad. We could probably just run around a little bit. And no, you know, this was this was amazing what was going on. Here's how many things were wrong here. King Nebuchadnezzar, he thought he was in charge. Nebuchadnezzar was not in charge. Nope. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. They, they knew he wasn't in charge. And they acted that way. Mm-hmm. Now, academically, if I were to say, you know, Kyle, God's in charge. Okay, yeah. would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Would definitely. you act that way then, please? Yeah. That's, uh, it's, uh, is that the question we should be asking? I mean, isn't that the problem, though? I mean, isn't that what we, that's, uh, that's what we struggle with? As I mean, I think all of us. It's really easy to say, God, you're in charge of my life. But when a boss or a, someone, one of your friends does something, it's, it's hard to say, okay, God, I completely trust you and yeah, give and, my life to you. And we justify it somehow. I mean, we'll yeah. compromise and do oh, it. Oh, yeah. So, so do we really believe God's in charge? Do we really believe he loves us? That's the question I'm having. Yeah. Well, true. I mean, true belief comes from faith and 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 action. So, I mean, it's, I mean, sometimes we say we do, and maybe we really don't by the way we act. Yeah. I don't even know if these guys knew that you know essentially God was going to save them. I mean, they even no. said if if God doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow down and worship your gods. I mean, there's there's something else. I think they in the back of their minds they did have this fear. Like, this could really be it. And they were willing to put their entire career, their entire maybe 20 years. These guys really were not that old. They were maybe 20, were 24. Age. Yeah, they were yeah, really yeah. young. I mean, these guys weren't these guys weren't 50, 70, 100 years old, whatever they lived to back in those days. It was right. – they were young. You know, they had a lot of years ahead of them. They probably had that thought in their head of, you know, maybe there's just a different way out. But they yeah. said, you know – we don't feel like this is really the way that we need to go. We, we really can't afford to compromise in this way. And you know what? We, we do know that our God is still in control and that he still does have a plan, and this isn't it for us. It's not like this yeah. is the big deal. But so many of us, though, Dave, so many of us get caught up in our position. You know, if we get a, a certain position at our job, if we become promoted to an executive or something, or we're, we're fighting for a new position at our workplace, it's like – you put your life on it. You, you've probably made sacrifices in your family for this stuff. It's it's not like this is really an easy decision to make for these guys. I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at in our culture is that you know we get so caught up in in that place of prominence and and we look for the new position. And these guys were very affluent. They were smart. They were promoted like the top top guys in Babylon here, and they're willing to put their entire life, their career, everything on the line. For this, in some way, it's kind of like this stupid little petty thing. And they, they weren't willing to just yeah. drop you know, their wallet or, or tie their sandal or whatever. It was like, yeah. no, this was, this was willing to actually go in the fire over. Yeah, but what if this was the main issue in life that they were dealing with? What, what if it really was mm-hmm. not a minor issue? And, and that's what we're talking about. It, when they answered the king, in verse 16 of the third chapter, it said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, and by the way, I love that O Nebuchadnezzar thing. Because what they did is answer with respect. Yes. They did. They did not say, hey, king baby. You know what I mean? Yes. They, they didn't do that. <laughs> they, they said the way that you're supposed to address a king, they, they addressed the king properly. And that's that's lesson right there. They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. And then they said this. We have no need to answer you in this matter. Oh, his ears must have been fuming at that point. I mean, smoke coming out yeah. of him. Because, you know, he had this occasion. This mm-hmm. statue was was 90 feet tall. I mean, yep. this thing was nine basketball hoops piled on top of each other and one wide. And it was yeah. solid gold. And, and the whole world was there looking at it. This was his whole pride 
was out there. And these three guys were in charge of their province. This was no small deal. And they yep. basically told the king, we're not listening to you. Stinks to be you. You're not yeah. in charge. And then what they said was, if it be so, our God whom we serve, and this is what you mentioned, is able to deliver us from the burning mm -hmm. fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand. That's the comment I want to stop on. He will deliver us out of your hand. He will deliver us either by taking us out of here or not letting us burn. But either way, we win. And, yep, and yeah. that's what's really cool about these two, three guys. It's like, mm -hmm. no, they, they really knew something. And because then it goes on and says, oh, but if he doesn't, be it known to you. They're saying, you better know this, king, that we will not serve your gods <laughs> or worship. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. We will not do wrong. Yep. Wow. You know, right there I'm going, oh, I want to be like that. I want to I be like that. Yeah. Yep. I just think it's so exciting to read a story like this. Like this, for me as a guy, it just gets me pumped up. I mean, we love stories of courageous and bravery. And, and like this is like standing up against all odds and saying, God, you're it. And I'm going to get into this furnace for you. And even if you don't save me, I know that you're still yeah. God. And I know that you still love me the same yeah, either yeah. way. And I just think that that's such bravery and such courage that like as a guy, it like gets me pumped up. Yeah. Like, you know, like it gets me super excited. And it makes me want to have faith like that. And it makes me want yep. to do this yeah, you know that, it makes me want to like i want to be tested in that way even though i don't want to be tested yeah, in that way like yeah. like you know it just it gets me ju like jacked up yeah the next words in that verse the, the 19th verse says and nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like wait a minute wait a minute this is not yeah. good <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, the guy who thinks he's like god just is really mad at me right now and mm -hmm. but it didn't seem to phase shadrach meshach and abednego it didn't seem to phase him it, right. Make the furnace like a billion times hotter. Go ahead. Throw me in and watch your soldiers die. Whatever you want to do. We don't care because Nebuchadnezzar, you're not in charge. It stinks to be you. Well, I think a part of it was pride, too, because these were his top men. These, right? are, the, these are the guys he put everything in. Well, the world in. was watching. The exactly. whole world. These yep. are the guys he said, I trust you. And because they had faith in Christ and because God blessed them, King Nebuchadnezzar right. trusted him. And right. then they're saying, no, we're not going to do what you say. Whoa. So he looks like a fool right now. And yeah. God made him look like a fool. Yep. Yeah, he did. And we would love to hear from you. Was there a time in your life where you felt like your faith was really tested, maybe by fire, maybe going through a really difficult time in your life where you had to stand up for what was right, even though it wasn't popular? And we would love to hear from you. Email us on the show at hope at hopenet360.com and connect with us. I, Dave, I just I really do find this interesting. And maybe we can talk about it in our upcoming segment, just talking about how real faith is always going to be tested by fire in some way. And how that really does, how this story relates to everyday life and how it's just rich with real life application nuggets. So we're going to pick up this conversation when we come back in the second half of our show here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the second half of HopeNet Radio tonight. Jeff, DW, Kyle in studio with us tonight. We are a man down. Todd is out this week, but I'm sure he'll be back again very soon. So, guys, we've been chatting about the story of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah 
uh, better known actually by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or if you're a VeggieTales fan, Shackrack and Benny. Uh, I don't know if you guys have, have watched that or got it, but that's that's kind of the yeah, I have. the three boys, as Dave calls them. Uh, so we would love for yeah. you to be involved in the conversation with us tonight. Let us know if there was ever a time in your life where you were faced with fire, essentially. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was they decided they weren't going to stand for what the world wanted from them, but they were going to stand up for God and, and his truth. And so they uh, were faced with a fiery situation. And uh, have you ever had that experience in your life? You can email us at hope at hopenet360.com or get on our Facebook page at hopenet360. We would love to connect with you that way and hear more about your story and how you persevered and what happened from that point. And so the story of Shaq, Rack, and Benny uh, essentially was they decided they weren't going to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's uh, statue. And these guys weren't just peasants in their culture. They were appointed to the top leadership levels in the Babylonian culture. And these guys were Israelites. They were very smart. They were young, good-looking guys. The Bible actually tells us that in Daniel 1, that they weren't just like guys that were easily manipulated. No, these guys were very, very smart guys. And so when they decided they weren't going to bow down this idol, it was like the king flipped a lid. Like he just went to a whole other level and uh, turned the fire up quite a bit. And uh, so we've been talking about this. We've been talking about a lot of different things, the significance of their names. Their names actually meant something before they were changed, you know, by the Babylonian culture to mean something different, not necessarily derogatory, but just the power of a name and how significant names were back in those days. So if you missed the first half, go back, listen on the podcast at hopenet360.com or on iTunes and listen to the podcast there as well. So uh, Dave, I would love to know some of your thoughts as we've been going through this story and just some things that just stand out to you about it. I keep looking at uh, that moment when they got thrown in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar gets furious in front of the whole world that's standing there. He wants the whole world to know how significant he is. He wants everyone to understand his power, but really he's not in charge. And it seems like only these three boys know he's not in charge. Mm-hmm. And then he heats the fire up. The people who throw him in, they actually die. It's so hot. Yeah. But what's really interesting is, is verse 24 King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he looks over into the furnace and he sees these guys. It says this, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose up in haste and he declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? Now you talk about a question nobody wanted to answer. Yeah. That's it. Because (laughs) here's what you have to understand. He's the king. He has counselors not to get counsel from, but to affirm Mm -hmm. everything he wants. I mean, that's what they're there for. And what happens is he asks them a question without an answer. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to answer that one. Yeah. You know, it's like we're waiting for you to tell us what the answer is, King. But but he was literally confused. I mean, did not we cast and, and they answered to the king. Uh, true. Oh, king. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. is that the right answer? You know, because we threw him in there and then he answered. And he said, but I see four and they're walking around. What is going on here? Can you oh, imagine man. in front of the world? His two guards are dead. Yeah, his two his guards are, are dead. And those four yeah. are just walking around in the yeah. furnace, just chilling. Yeah, then, then I, I would have given like a ton of money to see this one. Then verse 26, then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the burning, fiery furnace. I mean, he's probably sweating beads all over the place. He got as close as he could about dying probably. Yeah. And yep. he declared, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then he said this line, servants of the most high God. <laughs> Come out, come here. <laughs> I would have given anything to see that. Yeah. That, that, that moment. You yeah. know? and, and the interesting thing is, what were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego doing then? Or, yeah. you know, what were they doing? That's what I would have liked to have been in. It's like they would have said, hey, King, we're busy, man. We're busy right now. <laughs> you know, We'll be out in a minute because you're not in charge and it stinks to be you, so, so we'll be out in a minute. I don't know. Yeah. I, I probably would have been bawling the entire time. It, it was 
it, it probably was like so surreal. I don't even know how long they were in that fire, but it would have been to me very surreal. Like just, is this really happening? Am I literally in the middle of flames right now and not being burned up? Like this is stuff that they probably heard about. And these guys, you know, remember this is back in the day before the whole Bible was finished. I mean, these guys were still just reading the first five books of the Bible that we have today, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all they had. And so these guys were very, very much, I mean, they were well versed in those books, but that's all they had to go on. And so at some point, they realized that knowing about God and knowing his word and knowing some of the stories and where God had brought the Israelite people from is much different than experiencing those pressure situations for yourself and how their faith had to actually go into the fire to be proved. And that's just incredible. I think it's so important today because there are times in our life where we figure that God maybe has left us. Maybe, you know, there's a thing in our, our life that comes up that we feel like, oh my goodness, this is like I'm in the middle of a fire and I just, I don't know what to do. I don't even know if this yeah. is worth going through. And so we get yeah. depressed, we get discouraged, we get pressed down. We, we kind of move into this despair like, oh God, where are you? And we, little do we realize that actually God gets in the fire with us. Now, the fourth person in that fire some people believe it was like an angel, maybe an archangel or something. Um, but I believe it was a pre-incarnate Jesus where you had a, a picture of who God really is. And in the matter that he came down, it was actually with his people metaphorically, but also specifically in these guys' lives right. to say that you're not alone, that I'm in the fire with you. I'm not just watching you, but I'm actually yeah. in the fire with you. You know, I even think that, J- that Jesus might have said just to these guys, thanks. You know, I mean, you gave me the chance here, and, and mm-hmm. thank you. It, what's really more incredible to me even is this. When you think about it, Nebuchadnezzar, the power of the universe, you know what I mean, as far as he was concerned, was standing there totally helpless at this point. He, he couldn't do a thing. And not only did he tell them that, that God was God, but then his counselors, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the furnace. Jesus probably said, you got to go now. And, <laughs> and they left. <laughs> and, and here's what happens. The guys in verse 27, the satraps, the perfect, the governors, the kings, the counselors gathered together and saw the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. Yeah. The fire had no power over them. Yep. The hair of their head was not even singed. Their mm. cloaks were not harmed. They did not even smell of fire. And then the 28th verse, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. now here's, here's what I want people to hear. There are people in your life right now that I bet you are saying there's no way that they will ever know God. There Mm -hmm. is no way they will ever, ever see God or know God. They are so hard. They're Nebuchadnezzars. You know what? I am sure that there are people in the crowd that said this Nebuchadnezzar is beyond help. There is no way. But there were three young men who basically positioned themselves so that God Mm -hmm. would use them. And when the call came to be faithful, they were. And God said, thank you. Now go out there because now Nebuchadnezzar knows I exist. Now now he knows I'm there. But it took the fire. It took obedience. It took people knowing what is right and wrong and sticking to it. And Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar was declaring the goodness of God. Think about that one. That is amazing. Yeah, Dave, yeah. you know, I mean, I just get so excited. Like, when just hearing the story, I, I've already told you I, I get jacked. And just the, the this is the climax. And to me, this is this is truly inspirational. Like, I, I want to be that. I want to be there. I want to be used by God like that. I want to position myself to get there. And that's like, I mean, that's this story really gets me pumped up for that reason. And it's like, man, God, please let me be used by you in a way like this. Give me like give me an opportunity to be used by you. Put me in a position to be used by you like this, because yeah, but I mean, Kyle, that's tough, man. I mean, yeah. it, it, look at what these guys faced. Now, now it, it's one thing to say that, and, and then to do it thing. exactly. Yeah. 
And then well, that's that would be my question now is like, how do we get ourselves set up to the point to where we can do this? Yeah. It, it's not just like, OK, I'm going to be like this. And it happens one day later. They they spent years and years and years and years in um, walking with, with with God to get to this point to say, OK, I'm not going to bow down to any other God. I'm mm-hmm. not going to compromise because I know I make compromises all the time. How do I get to the point to where I don't let up? I don't give in. I don't make any compromises. Yeah, good question. I think we have to deal with that in a segment coming up. Yeah, I think so. And again, the significance of this, this is this is really, really significant. Remember, these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, their names are very significant. They they aren't actually Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their names Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and they're lesser known as that. We know them as their Babylonian names, who were essentially a place of influence as it related to the Babylonian gods, the pagan gods that they worshipped. And interestingly enough, there are many of us who live today who have Babylonian names, names that they're not their names, they're not your name, maybe, you know, small arms or teacher's pet or gearhead or moron or loser or accident or failure. There are are names that we get attached to us because of one time in our life or another, and they aren't exactly who we are. And and maybe they are derogatory. Maybe they are names that tear us down instead of build us up. They're not really good nicknames. They're one of those that we get picked on or we get bullied over. And uh, you know what? If that's you tonight, I just always want to remind you that God knows your name. That it doesn't, it, you don't have to live according to your Babylonian name. That God knows what your name is and He's going to keep your name. He's going to prove your name just like He did with Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And I can't wait to finish up this story as we continue our conversation tonight here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We are glad that you're with us on the show, Jeff and DW and Kyle. We've been chatting about Daniel and the three boys, as Davis called them, Shaq, Rack, and Benny. If you're one of those kids who grew up on VeggieTales, I don't know if you've watched VeggieTales or not, but uh, it was an easy way to remember them. But these guys, Shaq, Rack, and Benny, had different names. And so we've been talking about that. We're in Daniel 1 and Daniel 3. And just talking about how this story relates really to our real-life situation. And so these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, if you really want to go by their real names, were faced with a fiery furnace. And not just a fiery furnace, but a seven times hotter than it originally was intended to be fiery furnace, where it killed three of their soldiers in an instant. And uh, so we've been chatting about this story, incredible story to read about. And Kyle, I'm kind of curious, you know, you were talking before about how, you know, you want to be this person. You really want to be one of these guys who, if you're faced with the fire, that you want to just stand up and make a choice and and do the right thing. And I'm really wondering if you actually think today, you know, this story took place about a thousand, well, now probably 2,500 years ago at least. And uh, you're looking at today's day and age. Do you think God would still do the same thing today? You know, that's a good question because, I, I mean, thinking about it, I don't know that the government is going to come and build a huge statue and they're going to make force us to bow down to it. I don't know that that's the greatest example, but I do know that there are times of where God calls us to stand up for what we believe in and stand up for him. There are definitely going to be times like that in your life, and that's what you need to be prepared for, and that's what I need to be prepared for. That's more so what I was talking about. I know I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to not have to bow down to this huge idol. But what I do know is that there are going to be times where I can compromise in my life 
And I want to be the person that says, no, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. And I'm going to follow what God has taught me. And I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to sell out. I'm, I'm yours, God. I'm yours. Do what you want with me. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. In, in what ways do you think, though, that young people would be faced with a, a chance to yeah. compromise? I think every day there's a chance to compromise your faith. I think like any, day, any day in high school, uh, the way you act, the way you talk, the way you treat people, the way you, um, the way you treat your teachers, the way you talk to people, everything you do, you have a chance to show God through. And if you compromise that by talking badly, by uh, gossiping, by having a bad tongue, by um, treating people like garbage, that's the same as compromising. That's compromising your faith. That's the equivalent. All I'm saying is that you need to, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Shadrach and Abednego, whatever we're calling them, <laughs> Daniel and the boys, like them, you can't compromise on those things. It's going to be hard. You're going to be offered to be cool, and they're going to say, and you're going to be peer pressured into saying this is the way that high school kids, this is what high school kids do, and they're going to lay it all out for you and say, well, if you don't do this, you're not going to be cool. That's fine with me. I mean, yeah. that's going to be that's going to be laid out for you. And you're going to have to decide whether you're going to compromise and treat people like trash or you're going to say, no, I'm yeah. going to I'm going to be like Christ and I'm going to deny that. And I'm going to be like, I'm, I mean, you're yeah, not yeah. necessarily facing death, but I mean, it is very hard to turn down the appeal of being cool in high school. That's yeah. a difficult so thing. Let me ask you some questions, Kyle, on that. Very specifically, God tells you you're not a married young man. Yeah. So you need to be pure in your life. You need yeah. to be sexually abstinent right now. Yeah. The world doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. So you should not compromise on that because you'll find out that God is right. On God, that one. God wins. Yes. Yeah. So so that's what we're talking about. There, there's uh, some people um, need to understand that in their life they, they might lie to somebody. Yeah. Well, look, it's clear that we don't lie. That's not how we do things. We, we live in the truth. Yeah. Lies are for Satan. So we don't lie. That would be not doing it God's way. That would be compromising, even if we had a good reason to lie yeah. and for ourselves. I mean, saying I have a good reason to do this. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that's not how we do it. So I, I think there's some very practical things. I really think as Kyle was talking, I was thinking, you know, there's something that really has never, ever changed. And that's what God is doing with man. God wants to use Dave Wager put in your name, in order to show the world who he is. When Jesus came to earth in John chapter 1, he said, in the beginning was the word, the word is with God, etc. That word, word is concept. In the beginning was the concept of God. And later in that chapter, it said, and the word or the concept became flesh to dwell among us so we could see who God was. And, and that's important for us to see, that, that we are able to show the world who God is by how we live. And those people who position themselves correctly— those who will position themselves where they have listened to God will be in a position where God says, I need to show somebody who I am. I want to love somebody. I want to care for them. I'm going to put you in a position where you actually show people who I am. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And if you're going to compromise, you're not in a position that he wants to use. Now, on the other hand, God has also used people as bad examples I mean, through Scripture. Yeah. For me to say that God would not use you no matter what, it, not necessarily. You were talking about names, Jeff. You don't find too many people named Judas, do you? Not today, no. No, no. Why? Because there's a connotation there. Yeah. So, so a lot of people will not name their child Judas. Even if they like the name, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it mm-hmm. because of, of what it might mean. You see, w- what's interesting as we go through life is Judas was used as a bad example. And we're not wanting to name our kids after him or, or anything else. God will use our lives. He really will. He'll use us because in the end, 
There's a fight going on between God and Satan, and in the end, God will win always. Mm-hmm. What Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, what they did was they understood who the winner was, and they sided with the winner. And, and they decided that no matter what, they were going to stay that way mm-hmm. because they knew at the end, when it was all over, they knew who was going to win. Yeah. And they wanted to be there, and they wanted to celebrate. Yeah. And that's what we miss. Uh, remember, we've talked before in this program about uh, Esau and the porridge people kind of thing. You know, I mean, the story in the Bible, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of porridge, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oatmeal or something. And, and basically, it was his urges and desires, and he gave in. He just said, you know what, I'm so hungry, it doesn't matter, I'm going to do what I'm not supposed to do. Well, that's losing sight of what could be in the future for somebody. And that's what I think your generation is struggling so with, Kyle. It's, yeah. it's the idea there are so many pressures that are so right in my face. There are so many opportunities for indulging. There are so many opportunities for compromise. There are so many opportunities to do what we know is wrong. Yeah. And, and we keep being not like Shadrach, Meshach, and everybody. No, we'll, we'll bend over into our sandal. We'll, we'll, we'll compromise because we think, you know, this isn't a big deal. It is a big deal because you're positioning yourself to either be used of God or not, and, mm-hmm. and you will want to be used of God. And that's the thing. It's, it's never going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. It's always going to be a struggle. I think all three of us can sit here and say that we struggle with these things at times. Oh, yeah. We it's we struggle to be completely sold out for Christ. It's not easy. Yeah, the fire's going to look hot. Yeah, I, it, I mean, I don't care how you slice that one. The fire's going to look like, boy, I really don't want to go walk in there today you know, yeah. because I'm probably not going to come out of there. I, honestly, and, and I think they believe they might not come out of there. No, yeah. You know, so, but it didn't matter. See, there, back in the first chapter, it, it said, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the mm-hmm. king's food. He resolved. Yeah. One of the most important things that I've ever decided in my life was when I said, you know, God, I, I know that I fail. I know I'm a sinner, but here's the deal. If I really know what you say, and I have to search it out, but if I know what you say, I need to listen to what you say. In other words, do what you say. And that little decision is key. Not, not, you know, a lot of times, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times people are thinking, well, I just don't want to get caught. That's not the life we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We are talking about, I want to do right. Right. And in order to do right, then I need to actually know what right is. So I'm I'm dedicated to knowing God, knowing what he says. And that's what uh, Jeff was talking about earlier. They had the Old Testament. They had a certain book. They knew what was right. And they decided with the knowledge they had to do what's right. Going back to that point, they only had the first five books of the Bible that we have today. You know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the ones that we think are really boring, right? We think they're all just full of law and rules and things that were meant for a different day than today. And these guys could actually stand up and go through fire, which, you know, is quite impossible if you ask me. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, and we even saw it in the story where the soldiers that were responsible for throwing them in the fire, three guys burned because they got too close to the the heat, the fire. I mean, it's not like this was just like a little like candle that was burning it was like no these guys were literally going to their death i mean it was it was one of those situations where you know in our day and age we're outcasts from our group of friends if we don't get to sit at the popular table anymore it's like well my life is over you know i i've i've that was what i pursued that was my expectation for life and it's it's failed me you know god what are you doing like i had all these good friends and i was accepted i was you know i was popular it was like i i was the person that people would go to you know there's all these things that we chase after and that we reach after and you know i think it comes back to that expectation thing what are we really expecting in our life today you know when i look at these three guys i look at three guys whose expectations weren't in their job it wasn't in their position it wasn't in their position of leadership you know they got to work you know right next to the 
king. They got to sit at the king's table. I mean, this is like, you know, if you had an opportunity today to go and sit at the table of, you know, a top executive or, you know, let's talk like maybe if you had a chance to meet Bill Gates or, or Steve Jobs or any of these great executives that we look at as like role models in a business sense, like in a world's perspective, these three guys had it made and they decided, you know, they're not going to bow down to this little thing that the king made and, and just go along with it. You know, and that wasn't the first time they decided they weren't going to eat the food at the king's table. And so there were so many different times that they could have compromised. And what seems so small and insignificant to us today was of great importance. And it showed a much deeper key purpose than just what we think is really what what brings us security and significance in this life. So we're going to wrap up this conversation more when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. It is HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, and Kyle hanging out with you tonight. Glad you've joined us on the show. If you've missed the show so far, don't worry. It's not over for you. You can go to our website, HopeNet360.com. We'll post our podcast of the show later on. and So you can get the whole scope of our conversation tonight about Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or, of course, for you VeggieTales fans, Shackrack and Benny. We've been chatting about these guys' story in the face of a big fiery furnace and how they decided, even as, as prominent as they were, the power, the leadership they had. I mean, these guys weren't just measly peasants that you know stood up to a big, oppressive uh, pagan culture and, and said, you know, we're not going to worship. No, these guys were very powerful. And they said, we're not going to bat on your statue, even though we're supposed to be on the same team. You know, I'm, I'm serving in your court. I'm sitting at your table. It's like, you know, if you ever stood up to your boss about something, you're, you're kind of like sticking your neck out and pretty much being willing to be fired. And these guys literally were willing to be fired and thrown into a blazing hot furnace. To me, it's an incredible story. It's a, it's a courageous story as a guy. It's like, it pumps you up. Kind of like Kyle, you said, it's like, we just, we live for a battle like this where yeah. we want to stand up and do what's right. And then we want to be proven right. You know, we want to stand up and and we want to be known for what we stood up for instead of you know what we compromised for and before i turn it over to you guys i always just want to remind people no matter what's going on in your life if you need to chat with somebody right now there are live coaches waiting to chat with you so if you're going through a difficult time in life and you're like yeah this is a great story but i feel like crud i just i i'm going through something right now and i just i don't know what to do chat with the live coach at hopenet360.com click on the talk to a live coach button right there on our homepage will take you over there and chat with the coach anytime you need to in this story, we, we heard from these guys, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah specifically, and uh, you know many of us have probably only heard their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And how interesting is it that sometimes we get so caught up in our Babylonian name, the names that our friends have called us. Maybe they've called you worse things. Maybe they called you like a nerd or a slut or, or someone who you really weren't. I mean, all of these different names. A bear that fan. We, a bear fan, whatever it is. There, there are names that come up in our culture that people describe us as. And it's not a very endearing term. It's one of those, one of those names that we would rather forget or have people stop calling us. And maybe you've been living after your Babylonian name tonight. So we're going to wrap up the show talking a little bit about what God sees in us. And I think the first thing to understand is that God knew these guys not as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but as their name and what their names meant. God has favored. Hananiah means God has favored. Mishael means who is what God is or who is like God. And Azariah is God will help or God has helped. And so these names are very significant, and I think they're intentional that God used guys with these names and those meanings 
within this example to realize that their names essentially told their story of what God would do in, in being with them and how he knew their name. And he proved not only their name, but he proved that he was real and could overcome anything, including death and fire. To me, it's incredible. And I would love to hear from you guys, DW, Kyle. How do you think that God sees these guys after it? You know, one of the things I keep thinking of is that God looks at uh, these three boys and Daniel as his sons. Um, they've understood that they need to have a relationship with God, and they did. And and it's not just a religious thing. See, so many people today have this religious thing they're working on. They're trying to be good enough, and they're trying to do things a religious way and finding loopholes and whatever it might be. The reality is this, and we've said it on programs before, there is no way to get to where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel are unless you're one who has a repaired relationship with Almighty God. And understand that God is older than you and smarter than you and loves you, and, and you can trust him. And, and it's real simple. It, God allows us to come to him and repair the damage that our sin, the separation that our sin caused. He, we are the orphans. We have no way to care for ourselves. We have no way to, to repair the sin. And God says, I know that. I want to be an adoptive parent to you. I want to pay all the price through my son, Jesus. And, and we invite those that are listening, if you're really struggling, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, am I really in God's family? Mm-hmm. And if you're really in God's family, great, then I want to talk to you about something else. But if you're not, then what you need to do is say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you, even though I'm needy and I'm separated from you and I'm miserable in my sin, you, you love me and you want to give me a life that's significant and secure and you want to uh, allow me to be used and, and come and, and allow God to be your father by placing your trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross. He died for your sins. And that's the beginning point. That's why it's called born again. There's a, there's a time in history where that takes place. And, and we invite you to investigate that. And if, you, if you're confused on that at all or you want to talk to somebody, go to HopeNet360.com and talk to our life coaches and tell them, I want to make sure I'm in God's family because that's step one. Mm-hmm. Those of you that are in God's family you know, it's kind of like there's a time where you, you just don't want to listen to mom and dad for some reason. You think you know more, etc. The truth of the matter is nobody knows more than God. Nobody loves more than God. And you would be wise to listen to him. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, you need to understand that you don't always have to understand because God understands and he does love you. So as I tell the kids at our youth work all the time, he indeed is older than you. He indeed knows more than you. He indeed loves you. You can trust him. Mm-hmm. And I would invite you to start living your life as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel did, where they resolved that once they knew what God said, they were not going to compromise. And then you will see that God can position you then mm-hmm. to use you in the future, just like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jeff, I can't change the world. I, I can't change President Obama. I can't change the, the, Adam, whoever's in charge of Russia these days. You know, <laughs> I, I, I can't change that. But here, God didn't ask me to. What he did is ask me to just listen to him and love him. And I can do that. And I love that about the scriptures and about God. He asks me to do something I can do. Satan asks you to do things you can't do, and it frustrates you. You know, he tries to make it look like religion, like you can do this, this, and you fail, and then you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. No, God asked me to do something I can do. And, and I just want to invite our listeners, would you do what you can do? Come to Christ, listen to him. Kyle, does that make sense? It, it, it totally does. Uh, and I'm right there behind you. And I think a good verse is Romans 8.31, and kind of like what we've been talking about this whole time is, what shall we say to these things? 
If God is for us, who can be against us? And I, I love that verse. I, I, I feel like I've had that verse memorized since I was a little yeah. boy, but it just totally goes with our story. And one of the things I want you guys to know is the fact that God is with you. He's not, I mean, if you're a Christian, if you're, if you're a believer, if you're, if you're yeah. a believer God, God is with you. He can deliver you through these hard times, through these trials. And not only that, but when you're going through a time where you might compromise, God is with you. And remember that. And no matter what the result of not compromising, no matter what the fire you might be facing, the storm you might be facing, God is with you through that. Don't compromise because mm-hmm. right. that's only going to make things worse. God never honors disobedience. He only honors obedience. And I think that's a key distinction to make because I, I think we can get so into this grace mindset where we're like, yeah, it, it's only a little thing. It's like a white lie. It's no big deal. God's going to forgive me anyway, and he's still going to use me. You know, the reality is, is God's not going to prove anything to you through that. He's only going to show that, yeah, you can get by once or twice with those things, but eventually it's all going to come crashing down. You can't build your life on little white lies. you got to either live according to truth or not. That's Truth is, and truth will always come through. And so if you've been living in that way where you've been compromised and compromising and compromising, it's time to take a stand. And we need today, we need young people who are willing to take a stand. We don't need young people or or adults who will compromise or who will bend the rules just a little bit because it's really not that bad. No, we really, really do need people who care about the little things. It's evident all through the Gospels, even in the parables that Jesus taught about, even the parable of the talents. When we're, when we're obedient with the small things, God opens up the bigger things for us. But until we do that, God's not going to, he's not going to find us responsible to handle the bigger things in our life. Sure, we could get a raise. Sure, we could get a new position at work. Sure, we could you know, move up the, the ladder in the social chain. But at the reality is, is it leaves you empty and just wanting more. It's not enough to satisfy you and give you significance and security. Now, what God wants from you is obedience. And until we realize that, the things that we reach for in life, the things that we're pursuing after, you know, those things are all just going to fall by the wayside. They're not really going to bring us those things that we're craving for, the security and the significance and really true meaning in what real life is really all about. So I just encourage you that it's time to take a stand. It's time to stand up for what's right. And it's time to stop using our Babylonian names and living after our Babylonian names, but to live after the names that God has given us and how he sees us. And so tonight we do want to invite you to, to chat with a live coach at HopeNet360.com and to discover what it means to live in God's family and to live in obedience and that you can stop compromising. You can can live for God and you can stand up, even though it might seem like it's small or insignificant. God's going to honor that. And I want you to discover that firsthand for yourself tonight. So we really love that you join us for the show. Remember, you can always podcast the show after we're done at HopeNet360.com or on iTunes. And we're excited next month. We're going to be celebrating six years here at HopeNet360. So lots of good shows coming up. Make sure to email us anytime. Hope at HopeNet360.com is our email. Connect on Facebook and Twitter. Like us. Follow us. Let us know how we can encourage you in your walk. And if you want to message us, please do message us. Give us something to talk about. We'd love to uh, read your story, read your questions on the show, especially next month as things are uh, they're exciting around here. So thank you guys for joining us here on HopeNet Radio. We'll see you guys online next week. See you guys. Bye.